0: I've listened to Bell Bottom Country by Lainey Wilson for a month. And I listened to it once yesterday. Welcome to Spin It. Everybody and welcome back to Spin It, the record ranking podcast for people who would rather be listening to music. I'm James, and with me is the Abandoned Luncheonette himself, Connor. Why am I
1: the Abandoned Luncheonette? I forget. I'm sure that was a thing I said.
0: It's <laughs> because I was both Hall and Oats, or something. We couldn't figure out who was who. Oh
1: yeah, that's right. And so I'm the Abandoned Luncheonette. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All covered in gravy. Anyway,
0: we're back. That's last week. We're back for another episode, and we're back to country, probably. I think almost certainly the most modern country we've done. Are you Laney or are you Wilson? That's a good question. I don't really know what the difference is. You can be both. You can be Laney Wilson. I'll be the bell-bottom country. (laughs) Deal. Okay, well, you're doing it to yourself. (laughs) How much about modern country do you know? I've asked this before, but... All of it. All of it? Was this an album that you knew all of? No. Oh, I had no idea who Lainey Wilson was really another going in blind. Yeah, that's exciting. I'll tell you the truth. Me either. Oh, I put this album on the schedule for an episode sight unseen or sound unheard, I guess. But I, I mean, I knew of Lainey Wilson. I've been, you know, around country music for a long time and I've heard her name come up a lot and come up a lot. And this year at the CMA Awards, she just won Entertainer of the Year And took home a ton of CMA awards. And I was like, wow, I want to know more. I'm going to put this on the podcast and force myself to listen to it. And so I did. And she's been on the Albums of the Month for a month, and what a time. So this is a new one for me, too. I'm admittedly pretty removed from the modern country scene in a lot of facets. I think I know some of the more recent songs by people who have been in country for a while, but there are a lot of new names popping up in country lately that I'm still learning about and discovering, and Lainey Wilson's one of them. But yeah, you've talked in the past about how we haven't done much modern country, and I actually I think that's fairly true true and that's one of the reasons I also picked Lainey Wilson. No better place to start, really. In the last couple years, she's been one of those that's just exploded onto the scene. Yeah. Let's talk about her. Let's. Lainey Wilson was born in 1992 in a small town in northern Louisiana. And when I say small town, I really do mean small town, like population 250. She grew up on classic country music, the older country, some of which we've talked about a little bit. The Leanne Womacks, the Glenn Campbells, the Buck Owens, the Dolly Partons. So she kind of echoes a lot of that older Country into her present music, which is one of the things that I think is really intriguing and kind of makes her a good bridge between the older country that we've talked about and know and the newer country that we haven't got to yet. She moved up to Nashville after graduating high school in 2011 and kind of got into this grind of playing small shows in little venues all over town. She started to meet co writers. Obviously, she's writing a ton of songs. In fact, she even spent time living outside a recording studio in a camper to try and save some money, you know, to live on a tight budget. Sure. She said it taught me that this thing was not going to be easy. It taught me perseverance. And thank goodness it did. Her first record was a self-titled album in 2014, not to be confused with her 2018 self-titled EP. That's a different thing altogether, I think. But the EP came after like a signing, you know, it was on a label. But in 2016, with a different record label, she released Tougher, which cracked the Billboard Top Country Albums chart and earned her a proper publishing deal with Sony ATV. That EP, the self-titled EP, was her next major label debut album. It came out in 2019, and she started getting recognized as one of CMT's next women of country. Her music started getting placements in the show Yellowstone, which would eventually launch her career as an actress... And then we got Sayin' What I'm Thinking" in early 2021, which peaked at number 40 on the country album charts, and it earned a lot of critical praise. And then in October of 2022, at this point, two years ago... Yeah. I mean, well, by the calendar. Wild. I know, that's weird. Two years ago, we got her fourth and most recent studio album, Bell Bottom Country. This one's a long one that we're talking about. Bell Bottom Country is a 16-track record, and that's not really a deluxe edition. It kind of is, but kind of not. The first and the last tracks smell like smoke and new friends. They were added on later to the digital editions. But even so, the whole record still runs less than an hour. So we get a lot of shorter, compact like quicker tracks. Only two of them even surpass that four-minute mark, which is honestly kind of nice. You get a lot of different flavors in this 16-track record. And of course, as a songwriter, first and foremost, Lainey co-wrote each song. Gotta love it. Gonna get that bonus point. The album kind of builds upon her own songwriting style and those classic country influences, but as the title, Bell Bottom Country, kind of suggests itself, it also incorporates a little bit of Funk and soul and other unique flavors that a lot of country music might not necessarily have. Regarding the album title, she said, sure, I love a good pair of bell bottoms, but bell bottom country to me has always been about the flair and what makes someone unique. I really have embraced mine and I hope y'all can hear it across the project. And honestly, I think so. Did you get the bell bottom flair?
1: Yeah. Good. I can always pick out a bell bottom flair. Can you? (laughs) Yeah, uh, that's that's my sixth sense.
0: You have a BBSP, bell-bottom sensory perception. Yeah. Impressive. Someone should make a movie about you. The Sixth Sense, but it's just you walking down the street going, (laughs) nope. Nope. Yep, those are (laughs) bell-bottoms. Bellbottom Country peaked at number 51 on the Billboard 200, not just country, like the overall charts. It made its way up to number 10 on the country charts. It also hit 16 in Australia and number 3 in the UK country charts. The album also got a lot of work from a few names you might recognize, including extensive instrumentals from Jay Joyce, drums from Brad Pemberton, guitar by Molly Tuttle, and it features guitar, banjo, and mandolin contributions is from Charlie Warsham, So that's really cool. And of course, like I kind of talked about at the beginning, one of the reasons I was intrigued by Lainey Wilson was just the sheer amount of awards that she's won and success that she's had so early on in her career. In 2022, she was the fourth artist ever to receive six or more CMA Award nominations as a first-time nominee. The next year, she was nominated more than anybody else at the ceremony, and she picked up five wins on nine nominations. And in fact, she was actually the first solo woman to win Entertainer of the Year since Taylor Swift way back in 2009. Wow. I know. She's got three CMT Music Award nominations and six Academy of Country Music Awards. She's also currently, right now, nominated for her first two Grammys, Best Country Duo or Group Performance for Save Me with Jelly Roll, who's also a fantastic new name in country, by the way. Do you know Jelly Roll?
1: No, I don't think I do.
0: You should. But she's also nominated for a Grammy for Best Country Album for... You guessed it. It's a
1: bell bottom country.
0: It's bell bottom country. The BBSP strikes again. Nailed it. He knew I Always it. knew. He nailed it. Always knew. Yeah. So we'll know in a couple weeks whether she wins those Grammys or not. Stay tuned to our Grammy special to find out, I guess. Laney Wilson has toured with artists like Morgan Wallen and Jason Aldean. She's also worked alongside artists like Cole Wendell and Hardy and more. Her song with Hardy, that wait in the truck song, was the first time I ever heard of her. I saw that song live at the CMA Awards the year prior to this. Just so cool. Such a good performance. So that's where we're at. Four albums, three EPs, a role in a blockbuster TV show, and Lainey Wilson is just getting started. So, heck yeah. How's that mixtape doing this week? Ready for some factor spin?
1: Hang on, I'm getting, I'm sensing something. I think he's wearing bell-bottoms. <laughs> Is he? How, how could I have
0: guessed? How could I have guessed this would have happened? Well, let's get him out of here, let him, let him talk about it. Uh, yeah, I gotta hear about his new sense of style. Hey, it's me, the Mixtaper. Mixtaper, how you doing? Pretty good. I hear you've got some new looks. What? How'd you hear about that? I haven't told anybody. Well, uh, Little Birdie told me. Somebody extra-sensory perceived it. Ugh.
1: <sighs> that bbsp isn't it
0: yeah maybe a
1: little researching some facts and spins about lady wilson has really got me in the bell bottom mood so i thought i'd try to try out
0: a new style that's great i'm glad you're in a bell bottom mood honestly i am too i don't know if i've ever worn bell bottoms in my life but after this album wow maybe i should get some bell bottoms we could be a we could be a bell bottom podcast
1: i'll be sure to remember that next uh next October oh great
0: <laughs> do you think they have bell bottom bell choirs they've got to right maybe also we know what bell bottoms are what do you think a bell top would be
1: i don't know but i know what my next mission is
0: Uh uh-oh is your next your next mission should be to beat me in factor spin everything else can wait that's already done what no yeah we haven't even played yet
1: i have f-o-s-s-p
0: factor spin sensory perception yeah so you just know how every episode's gonna go well that's not fair to me in the evil scientist lab you know i've been
1: cooking up a potion a concoction if you will that i've drank made it taste like pumpkin spice maybe and it's given me f-o-s-s-p we'll see how it's working I think I'm going to win this one.
0: All right. Well, so tell me first, am I going to get this first fact right or wrong?
1: F-O-S-S-P doesn't quite work that way. It's more of a generalized feeling.
0: Oh, I wanted you to call your shot.
1: That's dangerous. (laughs) That scares me.
0: (laughs) You don't have to tell me if I'm going to get it true or false. You just have to tell me. I
1: think you're going to get this first one. I think you'll get this first one
0: right. Okay. I love that vote of confidence. Hit me.
1: Her first EP was released in a space for friends.
0: In a space for friends? now to me that sounds like a social media network like uh like a myspace but is myspace a space for friends is that what a slogan was or something
1: yeah myspace's slogan was a space for friends
0: (laughs) ew that's a that's a stupid slogan (laughs) (laughs) it's a space for me it's my space interesting so her first ep was released on myspace correct But didn't her first EP come out in, like, 2014? Isn't that... Wasn't Myspace kind of long gone by then?
1: Well, that was her first self-titled studio album, but she herself self-released an EP of songs on Myspace while still in high school. Really?
0: Cover songs or originals?
1: Uh, I don't know.
0: Like, self-made, self-produced, self-played? I assume. The whole nine?
1: Uh, Self-released EP of songs on her Myspace account called Country Girls Rule. Okay,
0: on brand? Do the songs still exist? Like, were they adapted into future album tracks? Do you know?
1: Uh, Yes, I believe they were.
0: Okay. And usually when that happens, I mean, we saw this with like 21 Pilots, right? Where they put out a bunch of stuff and then they went, hey, we're with a label now. And the label went, ooh, we got to erase that from existence because we want to put out better versions and we want people to have the better versions instead. Is that what happened here? Does this still exist?
1: Uh, I don't know. I didn't look into it. I mean... Does MySpace still
0: exist? I honestly (laughs) don't even know. Surely (laughs) something of it exists, right?
1: I was never a MySpace mixtaper. No. I was barely a Twitter mixtaper. That's true.
0: (laughs) Now you're an ex-Twitter (laughs) mixtaper. I feel like you'd be more at home on MyUntrue instead of MySpace.
1: Yeah. Start up my own social media platform called (laughs) MyUntrue.
0: It's just you tweeting at the wall. (laughs) Oh, man. I think this one is factual so you are
1: locking in fact
0: yeah um yeah i'm gonna go ahead and say this is a fact i think a lot of young future musicians self-make and self-release music i think myspace i mean the timeline feels a little iffy but if you're saying she was still in high school that's like 2000 what seven eight nine ten like that's a more reasonable time for myspace to exist mm. you don't have a lot of options for where you could put an album so myspace makes sense i think we can find the Country Girl album on A Space for Friends.
1: This is, as I predicted, a true
0: fact. Wow, Good job. you got it right. F-O-S-S-P. Thank you. Good. Thank you. You were so on the ball.
1: Now that we've announced that, did you know that one already?
0: No, I didn't know that one already.
1: Really?
0: No, I don't have L-W-F-A-S-P laney wilson's first album sensory perception oh okay i did go to myspace.com and it does exist however it kind of looks more like a news platform like a yahoo landing page kind of thing
1: i'll be honest i don't know what it looked like back in the day so who
0: knows (laughs) wait one second wow i found laney wilson's myspace good job and here's country girl's rule i can play it right now amazing that's so fun she's only got 603 connections on myspace oh we can beat that people haven't found her there yet get in on the ground floor <laughs> <up since> MySpace. <laughs> these songs might not actually play no they don't property of songs undefined now i'm getting html sad nope well we found it that's exciting we uncovered. it's like a treasure hunt
1: it is like a treasure hunt which leads me to my next fact
0: does it really though it does wait am i gonna get it right or wrong Ugh. I get one wrong for my
1: prediction to come true, so
0: maybe this is one that you get wrong. Okay, so this is one I miss. Good to know. No. But it's treasure hunt related. I didn't plan that transition even a little. Yeah, you know, she uh, grew up with a pirate. Whoa, what? No, hold on. <laughs> that's like so uncanny treasure hunt related. No way.
1: Yeah. You
0: gotta be kidding me. Well, that's
1: that's what I'm saying. Did I make it up on the spot?
0: Did I not? Explain <laughs> yourself. She grew up with a pirate? Yeah like a like a yo ho arg the sea she calls pirate her
1: father was a pirate
0: downloaded movies illegally yeah like what kind of pirate
1: well he gave her booty
0: <laughs> <I'm> sorry <laughs> what?
1: her father gave her booty
0: Okay. Now, you're not talking about doubloons. No. You're trying to say she inherited her booty from her father? Yeah. From his genetics? Yeah. What a (laughs) weird fact. Grew up with a pirate. I do believe that whatever this is, you thought of it before time, whether you meant to do the pirate thing or not until I said treasure hunt, I don't know. Because that was a little bit of a ridiculous walk to get here. Yeah. She grew up with a pirate. Tell me more about Laney Wilson's dad's booty. Well. It's what everybody who clicked on this podcast came here to learn about. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm sure. Well, you know, the more common turn of phrase when talking about your booty is that you got it from your mama. But Laney attributes her booty to her dad.
0: Uh-huh. Instead of those boots, it's those booties? Yeah. Yeah, well,
1: she attributes some of it to her mama, I guess. She said, I get the width from my mama and the depth from my daddy.
0: Oh, that's fantastic.
1: My daddy, he's got a little booty on him.
0: That's a fantastic quote. That's really (laughs) good. Is there anything else I need to know about this?
1: Well, that's just one way that she grew up with a pirate. There's a second way.
0: Okay, what's the second way she grew up with a pirate?
1: Also related to her father.
0: They took in a stranger named Black. Beard who slept on their couch for four years <laughs>
1: no no her father only had one eye like a pirate
0: her father only had one eye one eye and booty
1: booty as far as the eye could see
0: (laughs) oh Oh, good great was he born with one eye did he lose it
1: he lost it after it got infected Ooh, had to be surgically removed
0: Mm. here's my dilemma okay i think i know the one eye thing because she had to like cancel some shows for that it it like caused a disruption obviously as it would in her life because she went to go be with her dad which is great i don't know if you're telling the truth about the booty thing I mean, that's fine. Call it whatever you want. I'm going to call it all a fact. All a fact? I think the quote that you read from her about width and depth, I think you read that in a way that sounded too much like it was spoken in her voice. (laughs) I think that's a real thing she said. So I'm going to say...
1: Well, I am the mixtaper. I'm good at impersonating people.
0: Yeah, we learned that the hard way the other week. (laughs) I'm going to say, though, that this is all fact. All fact? All true. Mm -hmm.
1: This is... A spin on a technicality. Really? My favorite type of spin.
0: No, wait. Oh, but what kind of technicality?
1: Her father did. Don't
0: tell me her dad gave the width and her mom gave the depth. <laughs> That's not fair. No. Okay, because that would I would not let that one slide. <laughs>
1: the beginning was true with the quote and the booty and all that jazz. The I. While technically the father has lost his eyes, she did not grow up with an eyeless father.
0: you got to be kidding me. So she did
1: not grow up with him in pirate mode. That is a more recent... No, I knew that, but I I acknowledge
0: that she left tour to go help him during his surgery.
1: Well, then why didn't you call it a spin? Because I said she grew up with a father without an eye. You you had the answer. That's so
0: stupid. Oh, Wow. (laughs) (laughs) You said I would get it wrong, and you kind of made that happen. And you did. (laughs) F-O-S-S-P. That sucks. That was one of your worst technicalities in a while.
1: Yeah, it's been a bit.
0: But yeah, I I hope you enjoyed that quote. Pretty great. I did. That was a good one. What's next, right or wrong? I don't know. It's so scary. So far, you're you're two for two, so you're doing all right. We'll say you get this one wrong. Oh, I'm uh, making a wrong sandwich. Wrong's in the middle. Yeah. Of course, it might be wrong on the other end too. We'll have to wait and see. Who knows? What do you think I'm gonna miss? Her dog is more famous than she is. Does it have 700 MySpace connections? <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh man that's funny
0: thank you kind of but not myspace kind of it's the same vein Yeah, you
1: know, our dog's more popular in social media just not myspace yeah what social media instagram
0: instagram really yeah what's your dog's name
1: hippie may is the dog's name
0: hippie may yeah okay what kind of content is on this dog instagram Pictures of the dog on
1: Hippie Mae Wilson is the is the handle. And it's just pictures
0: of Hippie May, a very cute uh French bulldog. Fr- oh, that is cute. What's the disparity between their social media accounts? Like how how many followers does a dog have versus how many does she have? Oh,
1: well, I thought you might ask this question, so let's play our newest spin a game show. Oh, Guess that Instagram oh, no. follower. <laughs> I don't like that
0: because I'm gonna be so wrong. How
1: many Instagram followers do you think Lainey Wilson has?
0: Oh my gosh. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) She's pretty popular in country music, but I don't know how many country music people regularly use Instagram or or what. It's got a lot of digits. (laughs) I'm thinking we're in the 1.6 million range. Okay, okay. You're not too far off. Okay. I'm going to guess the dog then. Okay. Probably is in the ballpark of oh my gosh what 2.1 why would you follow the dog and not her that's what i don't know but okay maybe people found the dog and don't know it's hers don't know i'm gonna say 2.1 for hippie may
1: okay okay yeah not not too far off according to instagram lenny wilson has two million followers
0: oh man i was close
1: yeah and hippie may 2.6 oh
0: so if you add a uh, 0.5 to each of my answers i'm really close
1: oh, i guess yeah you were just half a
0: million off both times well then when you put it like that it does sound kind of like a lot <laughs> <laughs> but still that's wild i'm gonna say this one is
1: oh uh hippie may wilson's bio just says owner of that at laney wilson music
0: that makes sense <laughs> that's that's pretty good i think This is a risky one to come on and lie about.
1: Okay. Why? Because
0: this is all very publicly available information.
1: It's only risky if I think you know how many Instagram followers Hippie Mae has, but okay.
0: (laughs) It's true. But you don't know what I know. That's true. And usually when you don't know what I know, you try and steer clear of it.
1: He's working the game.
0: Uh, What's your answer, big boy? (laughs) You predicted I'd get it wrong. I think this is true. I think the dog's more popular. I don't know why that makes any sense.
1: I mean, it's a dog.
0: But a lot of people follow and like dog Instagrams.
1: I think dogs in general are more popular than humans.
0: <laughs> I mean, that may be. I, you might be right. We just talked three weeks ago about Monkey Boo, a monkey that's more popular than I am on Instagram. So
1: Yeah, no, don't worry. Whether or not this is true or not, the dog is more popular than either you or I. <laughs> so don't worry about that. Touche. This is... A spin! Wait,
0: no! (laughs) (laughs) Really?
1: Uh, Hippie Mae Wilson only has 17.6 thousand followers
0: no oh, so many people follow those dog instagrams darn it that, that does make sense it does make sense when you know you think about it but
1: no i think it's a podcast and as an audience space i think our audience needs to go out there and pump those numbers up for hippie may
0: yeah if we can get just a simple 1.87 million over there i mean can i get the point uh yeah i think i'd
1: allow that yeah, if the dog's ever more popular than than laney wilson then I give you the point, whether that means you increase their numbers or decrease Laney Wilson's. I don't I don't really care how, how you do it.
0: Well, I'm not launching a smear <laughs> campaign. I'd rather promote the dog than start trash talking Laney Wilson as if that would do anything but make me look like a jerk.
1: I mean, who doesn't want to follow this dog?
0: Oh, it is a cute dog. I'm watching this video of it getting combed. It's very cute. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I'm
1: definitely following Hippie Mae Wilson, though. So, you know, I'm working to help you.
0: Thank you very much. You're, you're
1: one follow closer.
0: Well, you've been three <laughs> for three so far. I kind of regret this game too. It's
1: the FOSSP. I told you.
0: So, how am I doing on this last fact?
1: Well, for my original prediction of winning this week, you have to get it wrong.
0: That's true. Are you standing by it?
1: Yeah, you know, FOSSP has a 75% success rate. So even if I get this one wrong, I think we're fine.
0: We're still within the margin of error. All that
1: statistics jargon. Sure. She had the best of both worlds.
0: Well, right off the bat, knowing you and your Miley Cyrus fandom.
1: Sorry, that's Connor.
0: (sighs) Right. Knowing Connor and his Miley Cyrus fandom. I
1: actually hate Miley Cyrus because of how well Connor did against me in that
0: episode. Oh. Yeah, sure, of course. This strikes me as a Hannah Montana fact.
1: Mm, See, you're already on the wrong trail. This isn't looking good for you.
0: Oh, I just said it strikes me as one. I didn't. What is it, really? Oh, no, it's a Hannah Montana thing. Uh, (laughs) I just wanted to throw you off. He's playing head games.
1: (laughs) She opened for Hannah Montana.
0: She, wait, opened for... Hannah Montana? Yeah. Your timelines are stupid. <laughs> she's she's posting on Myspace in two thousand eleven. <laughs> opening for Hannah Montana when? Oh when Hannah Montana that ended in like twenty 20- 12, right?
1: This would have been when she was in high school.
0: Wow, what, how did she do this? Like one time or like on a tour?
1: All the time. She did it quite often, actually. Really? Yeah.
0: How? Where? How'd this happen?
1: Well, you see, you know how most kids in high school get like jobs, right? They start entering the workforce.
0: You know how most kids in high school open for famous singers on tour? Yes. Yeah, well, her high
1: school job was opening for Hannah Montana. Hey,
0: you know, just it pays the bills. Yeah. Well, spend money but how do you get that gig did she audition for it did someone discover her on myspace
1: yeah i mean you would have had to audition for this job probably she actually uh often booked her own shows
0: yeah but i'm just still confused by how this happened so then does she know miley cyrus uh no like today oh
1: I mean, she probably does today. She's famous enough now.
0: I mean, I guess. They kind of run in different circles, I think. Except maybe Dolly Parton is the missing link.
1: She is a huge fan of Dolly Parton.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. I've mentioned that earlier. And Dolly is Miley's godmother, so. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know if I buy this.
1: Hmm. There's one more piece of information you might want.
0: I sure would like it.
1: That high school job I mentioned earlier.
0: Was opening for Hannah Montana.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She had a second one.
0: Oh, yeah. What was the second one?
1: As a Hannah Montana impersonator.
0: Okay. Now, okay. So she's a Hannah Montana impersonator. Uh Uh-huh. I just want to take a minute. Did she open for the real Hannah Montana or did she open for herself impersonating Hannah Montana? Be honest.
1: She opened for herself impersonating Hannah Montana.
0: That's a way more believable thing than any of the first part of that fact. I was so dead set on spin. That complicates things.
1: Uh, Yeah. In high school, she took a job impersonating Hannah Montana. Would book her own shows, uh, birthday parties, fairs, festivals across like Louisiana, Mississippi, Arkansas, and she would Lainey Wilson would be the opening act for Hannah Montana at these events.
0: So she was Hannah Louisiana. Yeah.
1: she even uh once performed for a child cancer patient at St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital
0: now how did anyone catch on that it was the same person just in a wig (laughs) do you think they noticed i
1: mean isn't it like the whole bit of hannah montana is that people don't catch on to that
0: (laughs) okay that's true like clark kent with his glasses
1: yeah so yeah she would open for herself best of both worlds
0: (laughs) best of both worlds (laughs) get to be the opener and the headliner mix it all together and i think this is a actually oh you've convinced me oh have i convinced you this is a fact i think this one is (laughs) true (laughs) It's very ridiculous, but I was so hard on spin. I'm mostly just impressed that you managed to pull me back from the brink like that. With one tiny little detail.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it was an important detail. So you're going back on this. You think she opened for herself?
0: Oh, but you sounded pretty happy about that. I mean... I don't know. Yes, I I kind of do think she opened for herself as Hannah Montana. That's such a niche thing.
1: Go ahead. Lock it, lock it in for me.
0: While she was in high school, I, I feel like a Hannah Montana would kind of be in demand for things, birthday parties, whatever.
1: Uh, again, I don't know when she was in high school, but sure.
0: Well, she graduated in 2011. I, I'm going to say that this is a fact lock it in
1: this is a fact good job oh, the,
0: yes oh I've, i broke the curse <laughs> i beat the odds
1: uh, well not really though because the odds were 75 percent. so you're really right in line with the odds
0: i think maybe what happened is because i was so sure it was gonna be a spin and then I changed my mind, I think you just picked up the wrong signal.
1: Yeah, I think that's what happened. I got the wires crossed. You
0: know, you, you sensed something from too early in the fact.
1: Yeah, didn't dive deep enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I was really hoping that if I really took you down the line without telling you that she impersonated Hannah Montana, you'd be so dead set on spin that even when I threw that part on there, it wouldn't pull you all the way back to fact. You'd still be had that bad taste in your mouth and lock in spin. Yeah. But you pulled yourself
0: back. Yeah, that was a good assumption. That would have been a power play.
1: Because I think if I just started with her being in a Hannah Montana impersonator and opening for herself, you just would have said true. No, that's true. So I had to, I had to try to taint it for you first, and it uh wasn't quite enough. You saw through it.
0: Yeah. Well, the good news is. I didn't come out on the bell bottom, but the bad news is neither of us are on bell top. It's another 50-50. It's another,
1: it's another bell draw.
0: Now, you know what goes <laughs> in between the bell bottoms and the bell top? The belt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we split it right down the middle. Man. Oh, well, good game, Mixtaper. That was a lot of fun. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed that round. I'm glad, too. Well, I'll be back again next week. You sure will, with your heart like a truck. For another exciting round a factor
1: spin
0: now we're cooking with grease goodbye mixtaper yeah and welcome back to connor the bell bottom
1: can i be the bell top
0: <laughs> you gave yourself the bell bottom title at the beginning of the episode
1: yeah that that was before you turned it into like a bad thing by insinuating the existence of a bell top.
0: Well, I think bell bottom implies that bell top can exist. Yeah,
1: I guess. It was more the fact that you, like, in factor spin referred to losing as bell bottom and winning as bell top. That makes me want to be the bell top now. And otherwise, you're really just calling me a loser.
0: Okay, fine. Sure. <laughs> no, no, it's
1: not genuine. I'll be the bell bottom on the loser.
0: Okay, let's talk about the album cover. It's her. There's really not much to say. Oh, there's plenty to say. Is there? It's her standing there in bell bottoms in a cool hat.
1: Yeah, but, like, the font matches the outfit. The green purple blue and the green purple blue in the outfit
0: yes the green purple and blue is very good i really liked making cover art for the podcast with those colors yeah
1: yeah i uh can't help but look at it now and imagine it's her dad there with an eye patch and showing off that booty what (laughs) i don't know if the mixtape said it but the whole reason that even got started was because people saw a picture of her in like a cheetah print bell bottoms and like it became a whole meme like about how much booty she had oh yeah and people were wanting to know where she got that booty and she was like from my dad so now whenever i see her in bell bottoms i think of her father
0: what a stupid question to ask anybody just everyone out there if you're listening don't ask people where their (laughs) butt came from what do you mean
1: i mean could be some interesting answers out there
0: from the butt store i mean what what do you what kind of answer are you looking for
1: i got mine at target
0: (laughs) (laughs) butts are us i don't know best butt Can we give? No. (laughs) Let's stop there. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. (laughs) That was some BPSP right there. Oh, Oh, man. man.
1: (laughs) I think it's time to jump into the first track.
0: I suppose it is. How do we go anywhere but somewhere different after that? Up first, we got 16 of them. We kind of got to roll. Yeah, we do. Up first is Smell Like Smoke. Smell Like Smoke surprised me. Yeah? I think one of the things I noticed right away is that Lainey Wilson has a knack for turns of phrases. You see it in so many of these titles and hooks for these songs. You think it means one thing. You think she's taking it in one direction. And then we hard pivot in a different direction. And Smell Like Smoke is exactly the perfect example of that. She says if I smell like alcohol is because i've been drinking if i look exhausted it's because i've been out all night if i smell like smoke it's not because i've been smoking it's because i've been through hell yeah which is such a clever twist
1: (laughs) she uh really knows how to use a butt
0: like in (laughs) the sentence yeah
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that butt has a lot of power, you know? (laughs)
0: Yeah. If my neck's a little red, it's because I am one. But if I smell like smoke.
1: Yeah. If this is this, then yeah, it's because of the obvious thing. But not this. Not if I smell like smoke. Mm It's a powerful butt. I suppose so. What do you feel about the line, I let a blue-eyed two-timing devil kiss me on the mouth?
0: I like it. I think that's a great line. I think it is, too. I think it really exemplifies. Like, it gives us a specific, tangible way that she's been through hell with a a character of the devil. We know she's had her heart broken. But he's blue-eyed. Yeah, I guess he is. I don't know. It's a good little descriptor.
1: Not a very popular eye color. It's not? Oh, isn't blue like the least common eye color? Or is that green?
0: I don't know. Red might be the least common neck color. Green is the rarest eye color. Yeah. According to Google, I think Smell Like Smoke is a great opening track, and I'm glad they included it on the streaming versions of the album. Whoa!
1: About 10,000 years ago, someone in what is modern day Europe was born with a genetic mutation causing permanently blue eyes. Every blue-eyed person today is a distant descendant of this one ancient human. So if you see somebody with blue eyes, James, you're related to them.
0: Yeah. Wild. Just like that devil. I'm related to that devil. You're related to the devil that
1: kissed Lenny Wilson on the mouth?
0: Yeah. Well, you don't talk. I don't associate with him. Oh. Oh anyway when the mixtape told me that laney wilson's dog was named hippie may wilson all i could think about was hillbilly hippie the song yeah i wonder if it's about her oh it's not but (laughs) but what if what if this song is the first place and i mean it's a great track to open the like canon version of bellbottom country because i mean when you think of hippies what do you think of Aside from you know, maybe smelling like smoke, bell bottoms.
1: Oh, that's not where I was gonna go.
0: Oh, what do you think of? You're the one with the BBSP. You think of bell bottoms all the time.
1: Well, only when they're present. I feel like hippies don't have to wear bell bottoms.
0: No, they they don't have to.
1: I feel like the more stereotypical thing about them is like the beards with the like braided hair and the peace signs. Bell bottoms is like four or five down on my list of things I think of when I think of hippies.
0: <laughs> on your list of hippie things, yeah. Okay, my
1: hippie thing list is quite large.
0: I'm sure. Well, this song combines the the hillbilly and the hippie into one kind of country hippie song. I
1: like the instrumentation on this one.
0: Yeah. I like the drums on Hillbilly Hippie is one thing that jumps out at me every time I listen to it.
1: Wow. For once, I was going to like actually talk about the guitar, especially at the end of the first chorus when it transitions to that second verse. The, the guitar does a really fun thing.
0: It does have some fun lead guitar, too.
1: You're right. You're the guy that like never shuts up about the guitar,
0: and the one time I was actually about to talk about it, you pivoted the drums on me. <laughs> I wanted to talk about the drums. I do. The guitar kind of reminds me almost of a a Waylon kind of thing. Yeah. Waylon Jennings. Feels classic country. I love some of these lyrics, too. How she describes herself in this... I mean, where the Venn diagram intersects, right? Uh, Driving a Ford with a daisy on the dashboard. Barefoot, barbed wire boondocks till the day I die. Mississippi, a whole lot of rolling stone. It's great. This is is perfect. Excellent lyrics. I also like how, I mean, speaking of allusions to classic country, she does make a, a pretty... Veiled reference to Willie Nelson at the end of the chorus. <laughs> Willied up with a whiskey drink. Come on. Uh, yeah. I like the pace of this song. I think it's got a good kick to it. It doesn't feel like too fast, but it's definitely got a drive to it that I really like. Good high energy start to the album. Yeah. And that energy continues with Road Runner interesting song roadrunner just caught me off guard for some reason when i put this album on for the first time how so i don't know i think it's because of the way that it starts it's softer maybe not necessarily slower but just scaled back a lot and then we kind of kick into the road running once we get to that chorus sure I like that a lot. That dynamic contrast is cool. I also was struck by a lot of the production on this one, how they kind of mess with her vocals on that "ah ooh, part, and they just kind of loop that and loop that and loop that in a lot of really interesting places. It gets stuck in your head. It does. Which is funny. Because at first I didn't like it when I, like the very first time I heard it, I wasn't a fan. And then it just got stuck in my head. And now it's like one of the things I remember most and most fondly from this album. Interesting. I know. I actually like Roadrunner a lot.
1: I like how fast paced it is on the chorus. It really picks up speed. towards the end. You're right.
0: The, the early choruses kind of keep this like head bobbing kind of feel. But then on the end, we, we really hit the gas and run down the road. <laughs> yeah. It also reminds me of Wile E. Coyote and like Looney Tunes Roadrunner. Meet meep and all that. I think it's meant to.
1: Do you think? I don't know. I mean, it's a fast paced song. With Roadrunner in it? I don't know.
0: I think the Roadrunner is called a Roadrunner because it's fast and runs along the
1: road. Right. But I mean, a song that has Roadrunner in it that goes fast, I think is naturally going to bring up those feelings.
0: <laughs> those feelings <laughs> about the <laughs> Okay.
1: You don't have intense feelings about the Roadrunner? <laughs> no, I,
0: I don't think I do. Oh,
1: Missing out. <laughs> Look, I'm
0: not gonna, not here to yuck your yum. I really just like a lot of these pedal to the metal, burning rubber off my bridge stones. It's clever. I want to taste your cowboy kiss, but in a different state. Grab your boots made for the highway. There's just so much packed into this roller coaster of a song. It's another song, honestly. Maybe that's just what got me on this whole album. Another song where I really like the drum work.
1: Yeah, apparently you were a big fan of the drums on this one.
0: I must have been. I'll tell you where I wasn't a big fan of drums. Okay. And was, in fact, a big fan of absolutely everything else watermelon moonshine Watermelon is good one i think the song would be worse off if it had too many drums watermelon moonshine oh i love it, although i gotta say it's a very strawberry wine kind of song it's got the same nostalgia a lot of the same like straight up themes honestly
1: interesting
0: young love and drinking and the whole nine yeah it is watermelon moonshine Debuted at number 87 on the Billboard Hot 100. It went on to peak at number 21 almost four months later. It's also Lenny Wilson's sixth single to make it onto the Hot Country Songs chart, where it got to number seven. It's her third song to top the country airplay charts. And it was just the third song to spend multiple weeks there by a solo female artist in the 2020s. Nice. Yeah. Ballad Guy... I think Watermelon Moonshine, if I'm predicting if my BBSP is correct, <laughs> I would think this would be on your short list of like early favorites, right? Yeah, your
1: BBSP is functioning just fine.
0: Oh, good. Laney says Watermelon Moonshine embodies what country music means to me, creating a timeless story that will resonate with people for generations to come. The song is about the crazy, young, nostalgic love we all hope to experience.
1: That's nice.
0: It is nice. Probably not. Feelings about the Roadrunner. Feelings about young love and romance. Although it sounds like they do get a little bit of meep meep going on, you know? Ooh. I love the chorus on this song.
1: I do too. I was going to highlight the chorus.
0: It's so memorable. It's almost unforgettable the first time you hear it, which is so rare. There's nothing like the first time, and mine's always going to taste like watermelon moonshine. It's such a cool way to describe that sensation of... Just having something that takes you back.
1: Are you a fan of watermelon?
0: Yeah, I think I am. I can't speak for watermelon moonshine.
1: Well, yeah, but watermelon in general is just a divisive flavor. Is it? Yeah, there's a lot of people who don't like it. They're like, it just tastes like weird water.
0: Well, if you're, I guess, an actual watermelon. But watermelon flavored stuff usually doesn't taste like weird water. No,
1: actually, I know somebody who doesn't like watermelon flavoring probably as much as they don't like watermelon.
0: I mean, that makes sense because they do taste kind of the same. Yeah,
1: just not a fan of it. Weird. Indeed.
0: Man, well, I'm just a fan of this whole song, top to bottom, everything. All about it.
1: Bell top to bell bottom.
0: Bell, bell top <laughs> to bell bottom, I am a fan of watermelon moonshine.
1: can't believe you didn't come up with that one.
0: I can't either. Good job. Thanks. You're cooking with grease with a joke like that.
1: Oh ho.
0: Grease is such an off-putting song title. Yeah. I can't- it sounds. I mean, you talked a couple of weeks ago about Hollow Notes, Daryl Hall and John Oates. Sorry about <laughs> hands covered in gravy. I the title "Grease" kind of gives me the same ick. Like it feels slimy and dirty and smelly and greasy. Mm. But the song itself, hey, and she kind of incorporates some elements of grease, right? Like you're hardworking on your John Deere, you're out in the garden, you're you're working hard, you're doing this, but you know then things get fired up, sure, and things start to get cooking. And, I mean, you know the common expression, now we're cooking with grease. Such a clever twist on it, to put it in this context. It's just another another good lyrical turn, I think. Honestly, the first title lyrical turn we've seen since Smell Like Smoke. What do you think about the line, Boy, you make me want to rear back and slap my mama.
1: <laughs> it's a uh, interesting one.
0: It's a fun one. I think this song would be a riot to play and see live. Oh man, what a party.
1: I think this one was almost a little misplaced on the album. Oh. Coming off of Watermelon Moonshine. I felt like this one could have maybe jumped out at me a little better if I hadn't been right after that one.
0: I kind of like them back to back. Because on the Watermelon Moonshine side of things, it's like a slow burn. It's like taking things slow and being careful in the first time in the gentle side. Sure. This side is like, woo. 400 degrees, you know what I mean? (laughs) It's like intense and like emotional, but in a different kind of way, but with the same kind of situation. I mean, I
1: I like it just fine. I just felt like I could have liked it a little more.
0: Fair enough. That's totally within your jurisdiction. If you decide to like it a little more, you can. Thank you for allowing me that. You're welcome. Up next is another great lyrical turn of phrase in the title, but honestly, I do think it's kind of on the weaker end of the album, and that's Weekend. Yeah? A little bit. Weekend... She talks about, I mean, you really get what the song's about in the chorus. Yeah. Everybody wants somebody on the weekend. You go, you want to go to the bar, you want to have a good time and have a drink. You know, you, you think you're hungover from the weekend of partying and living it up, but you're really feeling weak at the, the weak end of a heartbreak to over-explain it. <laughs> I think it's a really great <laughs> twist on the phrase weekend and the double meaning. Is there a strong end of a heartbreak? I don't know. But I love that she's visualized and thought of it like that and twisted it in a way to fit it into this context. Yeah. But I just don't like the feel of the song.
1: Okay, I knew there was a butt coming. I could sense it.
0: It's, there was. And it's just that I think this song kind of feels like Watermelon Moonshine light a little bit. Oh, uh, okay. As, just in terms of its sound and its flow, it's not as captivating, it's not as catchy, and it's so close to Watermelon Moonshine on the album, I almost can't help but compare them. Mm. But, I mean, lyrically, can't fault it. You You want a neon bad decision you can leave with? Wow. I don't know. I would put it personally on my back half of the album. Maybe back third.
1: Oh, wow. I kind of liked it, though. I didn't have that problem.
0: Yeah, I don't think most people do. I wonder if people listen to it as a single. You know what I mean? Just on its own. In the context of the album, I think there's a lot of stuff here that I like better. Huh. But on its own, it's not inherently like so bad. Fair enough. Up next, I mean, we're kind of on a ballad stretch of the album, if you skip over Greece, Me, You, and Jesus is another slow song. Another... Weekend kind of a song, but not week. I I think this is better than Weekend. It's a step back up. And it's interesting because it's another song about a relationship that she's in, but it's one she's happy and one where she feels like she can trust this guy with all kinds of stuff and everything. The people that can hear her problems and she could be open and fully herself with are, I mean, herself, this guy, and Jesus. That's a short list. That is a
1: pretty short list.
0: I think the structure of the song is interesting because the first verse... I mean, she treats it like a confessional, right? She talks about this is what's true about me and this is also what's true about me and and this and this. And then we kind of get like a, like that gets put in brackets with the pre-chorus and she says, that's the kind of dirt I save for the man upstairs. And I go, oh, that's why you're telling me that. (laughs) Like the pre-chorus is where we start to get a reason for why she just said all that. Yeah, you're kind of (laughs) right. Yeah, it's a little bit of an interesting structure. I don't know how to feel about it. We don't get introduced to the main characters of the song. (laughs) until the second half of the pre-chorus also interesting i mean inherently by publishing this song and putting it out there it's like me you jesus and everyone else two million other people (laughs) It's true. But I like it. I think it's a great song. It's a really nice song in the middle. And it's such a, she strikes this middle line, that hillbilly hippie line, right? Where one half is rowdy and raucous and the other half is like straight line, like good girl kind of stuff. And I think that contrast is very clear in the difference between me, you and Jesus and hold my halo. Yeah, it is (laughs) a song deliberately about walking off the good path and breaking expectations. I love this song too. Clever. You know, everyone goes, hold my earrings or whatever before a fight, hold my halo because I'm about to do some bad stuff, hold my beer, hold my whatever, like it evokes so much just with that little hold my. It's such a good phrase.
1: It is. It's a great phrase. Mm -hmm. Now, what do we feel about the line? Gonna pour me a drink, pour my ass in them. What does that mean? I don't know.
0: I don't know. Into the denim.
1: Well, you're breaking out of the denim.
0: No, you break out the denim from your closet to put it on.
1: Oh you're uh, right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Good girl's gonna break out the denim. So yeah, you're pouring that booty into the denim, I guess. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I thought about that too. I don't know how that line works. But this song I like the structure of because we start on the straight and narrow. You know, I've been trying to please everybody, I've been working really hard, I've been, you know, doing all I can and going at it, twenty four seven, just trying to be great and perfect and everything, and then we get just this little bit of lord knows it ain't no crime at the end and then we bust out into the i'm gonna party i'm gonna cut loose i'm leaving lipstick red on a solo i got it hold my halo yeah tell that angel inside of me to hide her wings and lay low come on certified poetry
1: oh okay at first we said i was like oh did you not like that
0: <laughs> no come on like come on not come on like come on
1: gotcha I'm just a little confused.
0: No, I like that. That was good. Hold my halo is one of my favorites from this album. It's a very interesting kind of track. Let me ask you something. Go ahead. What's your heart like? A bell bottom. You got a bell bottom heart. Yeah.
1: Or did you did you want me to say truck there?
0: I didn't want you to say truck. I just really genuinely want to know. Like, if you were gonna make a metaphor for yourself, what's your heart like?
1: Oh, maybe I should go with something happier if I'm making it for myself.
0: Oh, sorry. I guess it's a simile because it says like. <laughs> Yeah. Well, anyway, it doesn't matter what your heart's like. Laney Wills' heart is like a truck. Heck yeah. What a track. Heck yeah. Heart Like a Truck was the album's first single... It debuted at number 86 on the Hot 100, climbed as high as number 29, and just like Watermelon Moonshine, it peaked at number 7 on the country charts. Laney says, This is a song about finding freedom in strength and not being afraid of your scars and bruises. A truck that's hit a few bumps and earned a few scratches has proved itself in its tenacity. The shiny one on the lot can't say that. So she's not a heart like a new truck, she's a heart like an old truck. Mm. Also, the music video for Heart Like a Truck, one female video of the year at the cmt music awards last year so that's cool this is a thorough comparison this is a good i mean simile but metaphor in most places every single line is truck and heart related i feel like there's nothing that is just one or the other it's true my one qualm with this song is at the end of the verse. Boy, you get too close. Boy, you need to know. I feel like, why is he here? You know what I mean? (laughs) He doesn't matter in this song. He's just like a side character. He's just a person that she's talking this at. She's not addressing him. She's not talking to him. And he doesn't come back up anywhere else in the song. I mean, except for the end of verse two. Boy, you better buckle up. Although, I mean, buckle up is great. Honestly, it's almost forgivable just so she can say buckle up. ACDC, this is how you write a metaphor. (laughs) Take a lesson. Lesson up. One of my favorite bits of title... To lyric wordplay on the album is At a Girl, track 10.
1: What about it that you really like?
0: Oh my gosh. First of all, At a Girl, like that, a girl, like, yeah, you go, like you're doing great, right? Sure. But she breaks it up, and suddenly we have this great segue from the chorus back into the verse. Remember, now and then you're looking at a girl who's got a good heart. Mm. Like you're looking at a girl, at a girl, way to go. That double play, it sells the whole song. It does. You're right. I think it covers a lot of sins because that little bit of lyric, at a girl, at a girl, means this song doesn't have to be about anything. You're right. It can be empowering. It can be about a girl. It's just qualities of her, characteristics of her, things that she does and likes. And that's really what it is. It's kind of a generic song, but it's built on such a strong foundation that I don't even care. Fair enough. It is a heartbreak song. It's a, a really clever heartbreak song. Probably one of the better heartbreak songs we've ever talked about. You know what song always ends up with parts stuck in my head? It's not Atta Girl. Atta Girl is honestly often very forgettable.
1: Oh, <laughs> poor Atta Girl.
0: I know. Well, I like the song. I just the melody just doesn't stick with me. But the melody that never leaves me is this one's going to cost me, especially on that chorus. I'm already freaking out. Come on. That's a good come on. That melody is top notch. I love it so much.
1: And it loves you.
0: I'm glad. It's a song about vices. There's no telling what this one's going to cost me, but it's going to cost me. I I know that this one's going to cost me something. And and she talks about, once again, smoking and sipping and drinking straight till every drop in the bottle runs dry. But, you know, this experience that I'm having, this one's going to cost me. I don't know what I'm going to have to give up for it. What's going to be the damage? but there's no way it's for nothing sure ain't no buzz like love love's like a drug drugs ain't ever free
1: except for all the ones that they apparently are pat that i was warned about in middle school that were gonna get offered to me yeah
0: they put them in halloween candy yeah 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 that's no good drugs in halloween candy
1: in this economy <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: well this one's gonna cost you this one's not free drugs this is this is a paid Her use drug. (laughs) But it's love, so it doesn't really get a use. It just kind of is. Just kind of is. Maybe you rent it. That's deep. Yeah. Up next is a song for the pirate himself. Those boots. Those booties. (laughs) It's Daddy's song. It's a tribute to her dad after he had been through, of course, some medical emergencies, which resulted in the loss of his eye, which was in my notes the whole time and really screwed me up because (laughs) she didn't grow up with him. He was just... I mean, just had it happen later. Super legitimate, that win.
1: Yep, super legitimate.
0: Yeah. Anyway, those boots. What'd you think about those boots? I think it's another one that would be high on your list, if my BBSP is correct, because... Because? It's like one of those cute little tribute songs that I think you kind of tend to lean towards.
1: Why do I lean towards cute tribute songs?
0: You just do. I mean, it's a very Barry Manilow, Michael Buble song kind of thing to do this song is specifically about you he never wrote a linda song i remember it i mean i remember it well
1: i said i liked it. i uh never wrote a linda song but it wasn't like my favorite or anything
0: no well what'd you think of those boots that's the real question
1: well now i don't want to say
0: what that's why we're here
1: what <laughs> if you're just gonna stereotype me like that box me into a corner
0: the mixtape predicted all my facts or spins i don't even get to predict one of your songs
1: well that's because he's a dastard did you like it or not oh yeah no i loved it <laughs>
0: okay <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) That's what I thought. It tells a story. That's what's fun about this one is it puts us in, well, her boots and we get to walk with her through life as a child growing up with the pirate. I should just call him her dad. Growing up with her dad. You got me doing this pirate thing. It's not accurate. It's funny, though. I know it is. Yeah, It's so good, too. Another twist, because she talks about how her dad has these literal physical boots that he wears, that she takes to him, that he walks around the house in, that drive Fords, and like very vivid descriptions of his actual physical boots. And then she talks about the metaphorical boots that he wore, the the role that he played in her life, and how hard it's going to be mm-hmm. to find someone who can measure up to that standard and fill those boots. Oh, wow. It's clever. Incredibly so. I can't believe in its Spotify plays ranking on the album. It's so low. What's wrong with you, Lanny Wilson fans? Listen more. Yeah.
1: I enjoyed it for what that's worth.
0: I did too. And I love that harmony on the chorus. It's nice and sing-songy, jaunty.
1: It is very jaunty. Really great. That's a good word for it.
0: Yeah, I think so. Live Off... Is kind of another weird title. Live Off gives me grease vibes. Like I read that title and I go, what? (laughs) Right? You know what I mean? It doesn't inherently make any sense as a phrase. But she puts it in that double context thing again, where I live off of this and that. This is what keeps me going. This is what my life is like. But then, you know, you can love it. You can hate it. It really doesn't matter to me because I'm never going to change. I'm never going to turn the way I live off. Which is, again, a very unique phrase, one that she's invented, but I think it lands.
1: It didn't land as well as some of her other, I think this is a weaker phrase.
0: It is, but I think that's because she did make it up. (laughs) I think that's because no one in the world before Lainey Wilson ever said, I'm going to turn the way I live off. Fair enough. And now that she said it, I like it, but I think it just takes some adjustment to figure out what the heck that is. Bourbon on Sonic Ice, though, is a great image. It is. And it's another instance where, I mean, so much of this album is built around songs that show her personality very clearly. I mean, Those Boots is a straight look into her past, Heart Like a Truck, Watermelon Moonshine. Like, you get the sense that a lot of this album is rooted deeply in personal experience for her and... I think Live Off obviously is no exception, but also it shows very clearly that line between Hillbilly and Hippie, that that space between Bellbottom and country once more.
1: thought you were about to be like, it's no exception, but it's an exception.
0: <laughs> no, it is not. You know a song that actually was a big-ish kind of letdown for me? Whoa. was Wildflowers and Wild Horses.
1: Why was it a letdown?
0: Well, it was the third single from the album, and people seem to like it. I'd heard a lot about it. She performed it live at the CMA Awards this past year.
1: Sorry, that was really funny. (laughs) What? You're just like, I said, why was it such a lot? And you went, well, because people like it.
0: No, I was getting there. I was getting there. I thought it was, you know, the big popular song. I was excited to listen to it and hear what was up. And it just, it was okay.
1: It was okay.
0: She decides to take it a little more Western in this one, as she says, shows the Western side, takes me back to my childhood, to my roots, She says she's from five generations of farmers in northeast Louisiana. And I always compare farming to the music business. You get up every day to do the same thing. You have good years, you have bad years, but you keep on blazing that trail, which is an interesting comparison, I suppose. I just don't know if I like the Western bit of it. Really? No. Something about hanging around in that minor key. It feels kind of out of place on this album.
1: Oh, but I liked the minor key. No. I actually thought this one lived up to the hype. That I didn't know about.
0: You didn't know it had hype, yeah. I was going to (laughs) say, you said you didn't know who Lainey Wilson was. Uh, If you're
1: saying it was super popular, I'm saying I understand why.
0: Touche. I mean, I get it. I get it, but I don't, it doesn't have that same pizzazz for me personally.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah. It does definitely sound like a Western. It sounds like it should be in a cowboy movie. It like I can see where she fits perfectly into Yellowstone if she's writing music like this. Love the title. And I also love the drums (laughs) again. I don't know what it is about this album. Crushing it. Everywhere the drums are, they're pretty great.
1: This was another one I thought the guitar stood out on.
0: Yeah, it does. It's got that low end.
1: I think I'm a low end guitar guy. And then there's that guitar solo it has after I think the second chorus.
0: Yeah, I think so. I'm a fan of the, I mean, for lack of a better word, the drums that sound like a train. Yes. I love that. And this song crushes it. But you're right. There's some cool guitars, some cool Dobro bits in there. You can just hear it. It's the album's last little fast-paced kind of song, which I do like. One last little kind of upturn towards the end. Indeed. And up next, last on the regular album, but penultimately on the digital streaming edition, a song you may have recognized. What's up? parentheses. What's going on?
1: Uh, not much. What's up with you?
0: Oh, I'm talking about Laney Wilson's <laughs> cover of What's Up? What's going on?
1: Why should I recognize this one?
0: Because it was a very popular song. Do you know the song?
1: What? Uh,
0: no. No, really? I don't think I know it. Really? It was a surprise to me to hear this song on here. This song is a cover of a song simply called What's Up by american rock band four non-blondes they made the original back in 1993 it's from their one and only album bigger better faster more and then there was no more sad i know the song spent 59 weeks on the charts back in the day it was a hit it was a one-hit wonder kind of situation huh yeah i assumed you would know it i
1: don't think i did
0: oh well okay what did you think of it hearing it countryfied the first time it was okay yeah I think that's fair. It's an interesting choice, isn't it? On an album that she's entirely written and that's so, so her, right?
1: It is very her.
0: I'm kind of curious as to why she chose to include any cover, but also this cover specifically. She does it well. She sings the crap out of it. Yeah. Wow. But it's just interesting. Maybe she just likes the song. I don't know. Do I
1: get all my picks this week? Are we good? Um, Are we settled up? (laughs) No. I don't.
0: You took too many from Florence.
1: So how many more do I owe?
0: This is your last week missing one.
1: Mm, Would the bank like to give me an extension on my loan?
0: You mean... Would you like to swap out a pick next week to get your pick back this week? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would. It's unprecedented, (laughs) but I'll allow it. Sure, why not? This is our podcast. There are rules, but we make them. The bank concedes. (laughs) Anyway, we'll get to your actual picks in just a moment. We still have one more track left. Yeah, 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 yeah. of course. But that makes me curious as to whether you're considering what's up as a part of your potential. No,
1: I'm not gonna say. I just we're getting close to that point, so I started thinking about it, and I realized I had four songs written down and when wasn't sure if i earned all four of those
0: gotcha well to be honest i'm glad you weren't considering what's up for that slot i don't think it deserves it on this album on an album of 16 tracks there are at least 12 better tracks than what's up dang well there are i don't i haven't counted it out specifically but i gave myself a little wiggle room by saying 12. (laughs) fair enough up last is new friends I'm honestly lukewarm about New Friends. I was really, really glad they added Smell Like Smoke to the streaming version of the album. I'm apathetic about New Friends. It could have been a single. It could have been on something else. Take it or leave it.
1: Sounds like you're leaving it.
0: I maybe would leave it. It's a longer, shorter album. Under an hour, but over 55 minutes. And cutting New Friends would pare it down to a more kind of reasonable level. I don't know. But New Friends is all about how she's faring after a breakup, all her friends, you know, laughing with the TV, talking to the walls, singing to the radio, like all these things that aren't friends. (laughs) Like she's like, man, I've been spending too much time with these things i need to get new friends i need to find people or yeah or find at least new stuff to do it's a clever concept but i don't know just to put it kind of as a hanging chad at the end of the album like this that's a weird reference to make right now but you get it (laughs) just to put it here at the end i could lose it sounds like it shall be lost it shall but that brings us to final spin sure does boy oh boy let me give you some scores now the first time I ever listened to this album was with an episode in mind, which is rare. It is rare. I know. I listened to this album actually in the month that we're recording this episode, so my score for this is fresh. I've like just given it. Ooh, it's a fresh one, never frozen. Yeah, fresh, never frozen. That's right. This is a this is a Wendy's score, not a sponsor. <laughs> but could, could be. be Wendy's gonna score. up first for music. Give it an eighty-six. I liked a lot of the music on this album. There are some real standout moments. There are some real standout moments in the other direction too. But I think the good outweighs the bad. And I think songs like "Smell Like Smoke," "Hillbilly Hippie," "Roadrunner," "Watermelon Moonshine," "Grease," "Me, You, and Jesus," "Hold My Halo Heart Like a Truck." This one's gonna cost me those boots and a little bit of wildflowers and wild horses. Those are what carry the music for me. The others, you're, you watch your back, watch your booty. The booty your daddy gave you. That's right. Lyrics given honestly feels a little low given a 90. There's so many fun phrases. Every lyric is like a new twist and turn, a new joke buried in there or a new deeper meaning that we uncover. I think this album is stellar lyrically. What a songwriter. What what a country record. I'm all about it. Instruments in Production 87. I don't think there's too many songs on here that sound the same. She does a great job of varying up the style. So we get songs that sound like westerns and songs that sound jaunty and songs that sound sad. Songs that sound nostalgic and strawberry whiny and just you name it, it's kind of a little bit here. Every song is kind of a personality piece. I really like that. Instruments and production, 87. Overall vibe, 88. A lot of fun, consistent, even though each song is distinct. The whole album has a really nice sense of Cohesion. I like that. Eighty-eight point seven is the overall score for Bell Bottom Country, which ranks it at number one hundred forty-one, slightly above Frontiers by Journey and slightly below the band Camino by the band Camino. Wow. Yeah, one forty. That was episode. 10 the band Camino was and 110 for journey
1: that was our first fan submission
0: no you brought it but well i
1: brought it on behalf of a fan we didn't really have fan submissions back then that wasn't a thing we did right but it was brought to me by a fan who then asked me to bring it to you
0: yep bellini wilson's a top 150 album for me very nice i gotta agree quite nice how about you
1: well i want to know do you have cttsp
0: cttsp you mean Connor's top three SP? Yeah. You know I do. <laughs> Go ahead, list them all for me in album order. Well, can can you assure me that you're only taking the four? Yeah. Okay. Good.
1: Oh, I didn't even consider getting the bank to excuse my payment this week to then just put myself farther in debt. <laughs> <Just> take more. <laughs> I know. Didn't even consider that as an option. I considered it.
0: <laughs> so, in album order, Connor's top three. Oh, this is hard. The first one is hard. Yeah. To to go in album order. There's some I know will be in there. I
1: mean, you don't have to go in album order. It's just how I usually do it.
0: Well, what fun is that? I think you took Smell Like Smoke. Err. Really? If not Smell Like Smoke, I think you skip straight to Watermelon Moonshine.
1: There's one.
0: Okay. Then... I think you took Heart Like a Truck. That's two. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think you took those boots.
1: That's three. That's my honorable mention.
0: Ah. I think you also took Wildflowers and Wild Horses.
1: That is number four. <laughs> hey. With only one miss. That, hey, yeah, that's pretty good. That's within the margin.
0: I wasn't sure if you would have taken that one or not. If it wasn't Smell Like Smoke, you would have not taken Roadrunner. Hillbilly Hippie was never an option.
1: Yeah, I, I had Roadrunner on the short list. It got knocked off, though, when I hit Wildflowers and Wild Horses
0: that makes sense that's pretty good i'm impressed thank you yeah
1: so let's see that was my top three it was i guess not for my score Ooh. modern country we don't do as much of it and when we do
0: it usually doesn't do
1: as well as the older country looking at it here
0: it depends. Uh, Eric Church performed okay. He's near the top of your eights.
1: Yeah, well, I don't think they have really cracked the eights, right? We had for a while. Yeah, we had Eric Church at the top of the eights for a while until he was dethroned by the Arcadian Wild. Well, that's true. We also, at one point in time, had Casey Musgrave at the top of the eights. And look at how far she's fallen. Well,
0: she was the top of the eights, but she was episode two.
1: <laughs> yeah, and she's fallen quite a ways. <laughs> I would say so. Yeah, modern country just kind of struggles, I think. I think Alan Jackson's the most modern country to make it into the nuns.
0: Well, he was 2002. That checks out. I think, unless you count Taylor Swift, but we did pop, we did yeah, red, that's, so. Yeah,
1: it's pop, Taylor Swift doesn't count.
0: Yeah, the most modern country in your nines is Alan Jackson, which you picked. Uh-huh. Does that hold true? Will that be true tomorrow?
1: This will not be true tomorrow, because this
0: one gets
1: nine
0: pirate dads out of ten. Whoa, wow, I, I'm kind of surprised i'm not surprised by the lyrics i just did i don't know how you would have fallen on this musically
1: yeah you know maybe you know new year new connor all right okay i know we've been in the new year for a couple episodes but not in terms of recordings so still technically not (laughs) in terms of recordings because it's still technically 2023 but yeah right as for wearing the nines i hate to do this
0: oh yeah what do you hate to do is it going in the country clump
1: (sighs) it's going in the country clump which I hate to do because I,
0: I feel like something needs to break the clump. Oh, I don't know why I call it the country clump when country club is already a really good... I
1: thought you were going to call it country club and then you said clump. So I was mid-sentence and my brain registered you said clump and had to like correct itself on the fly.
0: Well, I like country. It's the country club down there of <laughs> all your country songs in the nines. There's so many.
1: There's so many.
0: But it's going with
1: them. It is. And it's going right below Alan Jackson's
0: Drive. Ooh, edging out Johnny Cash, Emmylou Harris. When well, that's really it from country, it's
1: going in the middle. Yeah, it's the sixth member of the country club.
0: Mid clump. So why'd you hate to do that?
1: I don't know. I just feel like something needs to break. Up, break the club. Feel bad clumping them all up like that.
0: Oh, yeah, you hate to put it with the club. That's fair. I liked it. I
1: actually, like I said, I really found myself enjoying the instrumentation on this one, which caused me, I know you break instrumentation and music separate. I have a hard time doing that. You don't have that luxury. And so I think the instrumentation made me like the music. And then, like, we've talked about all episodes, her songwriting, her ability to turn a phrase, as I think you said. I did. Is is pretty good. Good with butts. Good with butts. The... The good with we spin spinning Award.
0: Best Butt, B-U-T. B-U-T.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Come on, we gotta give her the best butt award. The best butt for knowing how to turn a phrase. Hey, you know what? Maybe. <laughs> it's been a minute since we've given out an award. We've
0: got a few of them in there. But hey, this one, this one gets a nine. Shocking, kinda. What's your playlist pick? I don't know, it's yours. It's not gonna be like yours. <laughs> I think we'll be on separate parts of this album. Really? Yeah, the closest to overlapping we'd probably have, well... Maybe not. I don't know. The only one I would be like, uh, oh, really, is Wildflowers and Wild Horses from your three. Yeah.
1: Well, I got a couple in my head um I'd be okay going either way on, so I kinda just want to see what you're adamant about, and then I'll pick a leftover.
0: Well, if I were picking two for myself, I would go Roadrunner and Watermelon Moonshine. Oh, you're gonna go road
1: you thinking you're gonna go Roadrunner?
0: Not if watermelon moonshine isn't the one you take.
1: Well, it wasn't in my top two that I was kinda indifferent on.
0: What are you just what? Well, Just pick
1: one. I'm listening to both of them. Hang on.
0: We can negotiate later. I just need to know where your head's at.
1: It's not that I was trying to negotiate. I'm just trying to figure out which one of the two. I'm going to pick one of these two regardless. Hmm. Yeah, okay. You know what? I think I've got mine. I was looking at Heart Like a Truck and Wildflowers and Wild Horses, but I know you don't really care for Wildflowers and Wild Horses.
0: I mean, I do like it. So... I just... I would take other stuff on this album ahead of it.
1: So I think I, maybe I would take Heart Like a Truck then. Okay. But then that you're between Roadrunner and Watermelon Moonshine, guess we're kind of just on opposite ends of this album.
0: <laughs> I, I told you. I'll take Roadrunner. I didn't think it got enough love. Wow. Well, it gives us a little bit of that faster side of the album, but still kind of keeps a lot of the heart of it there. I think to take Watermelon Moonshine and Heart Like a Truck is to lean doubly into the ballad type songs. Well,
1: now I'm listening to Watermelon Moonshine to make sure I'm not, hmm...
0: You felt like Heart Like oh, a Truck. You, you me said, into it. what now? You talked me into it. I can go for a Watermelon Moonshine and Heart Like a Truck.
1: Okay. Is Heart Like a Truck the one you felt was a watered down Watermelon Moonshine, though?
0: No, that was weekend. Okay, it was on the weekend of Watermelon Moonshine, but just no, it almost wasn't. Yeah,
1: because Heart Like a Truck has that really nice guitar solo at like the two minute mark. Yeah, I think Heart Like a Truck is my pick.
0: She just smashes the crap out of that long note. Yeah. Oh, I love it. It's good.
1: All right, so what would you pick on? Did you did you go Watermelon Moonshine? Is that what you ended up doing?
0: Yeah, we'll do it. All right, cool. Watermelon. I like that. You like
1: you convinced me. I didn't really do anything. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I know. I just got there on my own, really, but... Yeah,
1: I, I, listening to both Roadrunner and that one, I do think Watermelon Moonshine deserves the playlist more. It does. Cool.
0: The high honor of the Spin It Favorite Songs playlist. There we are.
1: Which you can find on Spotify and YouTube.
0: It's true. And you can find direct links to it on our website, spinitpod.com.
1: Sorry, what's the full website in case people don't know? Sorry
0: www make sure you put in that first <laughs> www.spinitpod.com you can also find us on instagram at spinitpod official and on x at spinitpod keep an eye out for another episode next week as you always do maybe it's an album you'll love maybe it's an album you've never heard of maybe it's an album you will love maybe it's an album you'll hate who knows I wonder if people play along and like rank the albums we talk about with us if people have their own rankings of spin it albums I
1: don't know but if you do comment on socials and tell us what you feel bell-bottom country deserved
0: let us know that'd be really fun that'd be cool Ooh. and
1: then we'll debate you when you're wrong no we won't well i might
0: i i won't <laughs> <laughs> well thanks so much for listening have a great week keep your heart like a truck keep your watermelons moonshiny. keep your grease greasy keep your weekend at the weekend and, and hold my halo until next week heck yeah until then keep, keep spinning. spinning i knew you were gonna say that
1: you have kssp
0: Keep spinning, sensory perception. Yes, I do. Wow. I think
1: we both do. I think that's why we always say it at at the the same same time. time,
0: I think you might be right. You would think, with all this talk about ESP floating around, I'd be a little better at knowing who the heck knows about Ryan the Ghost.
1: Yeah. You just gotta schedule the right artist. Ryan will show back up. One
0: of these days.
1: You don't have
0: RSP. (laughs) Ryan, sensory perception.